Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Yoruba traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of graphic violence and references to suicide and suicidal ideation. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. If you or someone you love is struggling with suicidal thoughts or the impulse to self-harm, please seek help. The United States National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drum speak of betrayal. I am Shango, thunder hurler, fire breather, king of oil. I am the conqueror who calls the storm. I have leveled cities and empires with just a look. And yet my power is slipping. There was a time when I made a trade. I relinquished a secret in exchange for the power of fire. That secret haunts me. The secret is that I, Shango, I am terrified. Terrified of losing my throne, my power, my subject's reverence. The ability to breathe fire did not ease my fear. It deepened it. Bonka, my treacherous general, learned my secret and used it against me. He took my people's hearts when he stood before me, defiant. I felt my empire slipping through my fingers. When the Oyo saw that Bonka did not fear me, they realized they didn't have to either. My greatest power was their fear of me. And now, it is gone. I must get it back! Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Last week, we began the story of Shango, the warrior deity who controls storms in Yoruba tradition. Shango acquired the ability to breathe fire in the hopes that it would make him unstoppable. But while he was seeking this skill, two of his own generals rose in popularity. Worried that they would steal his throne, Shango forced the generals to battle to the death. One of them was slain, but at the cost of Shango's reputation with his people. To set things right, he would have to learn a harsh truth, that power comes with a cost, because the more you gain, the more you have to lose. Coming up, Shango orders a traitor to a fiery doom. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Shango the Thunder Hurler fire breather and king of Oyo had a problem. He had ordered two of his most popular generals, Bonka and Timmy, to fight to the death. This was supposed to be a foolproof plan to rid him of two traitors, but it had somehow backfired. Bonka stood victorious in the arena, not just over Timmy, but over Shango as well. Shango's horrified gaze floated from Bonka's challenging glare to Timmy's severed head. Timmy's expression was frozen in a look of shock and confusion. And finally, Shango looked at the crowd around them. The people of Oyo stared back at him with expressions of unbridled fury. They hate me! The Oyo burst into an uproar. They screamed at Shango, their anger rising in fervor like the swell of a storm ready to explode. Bonka egged the crowd on further. I had no desire to do this. Timmy was my friend. I have killed him because of your king. The tyrant that sits on Oyo's throne demanded it. What shall he demand next? Will he make you kill your own brothers, your sisters, your children? The trickster Ashu stood at Shango's side. Well, they never really loved you. They used to respect me. If by respect you mean fear, then yes, they did respect you. But Bonka's defiance has taken away their fear. What are you going to do without that, hmm? I need to think. I... I don't... Guards, take him away! Shango's heart pounded. He couldn't believe this. He had untold power at his fingertips, and yet he couldn't even think. Both he and Eshu watched as the guards grabbed Bonka and dragged him towards the Oyo prison. The crowd reacted immediately. Wailing with rage, they rushed toward Bonka, only to be beaten back by the guards. Shango trembled as he looked on. Eshu was right. There was no fear in his people's eyes, just anger. Time was Shango would call the thunder from the skies and smite them where they stood to prove his power. But he kept hearing Bonka's voice. I did it all for the petulant monster who calls himself our king. Shango's chest tightened. He despised that Bonka was making him feel this way. He needed counsel. If he kept talking to Eshu, his head would get tied in knots. Oya would know what to do. His favorite wife was wise, and though Shango often hated it, she was unflinchingly honest. 
Shango went to the river outside Oyo's city walls. There, he found a spot where two currents met. Birds swooped above, looking for fish to pluck from the water. A mighty buffalo stood just beyond where the two rivers met, lapping at the water. It lifted its head when Shango approached, and the two looked at one another for a long moment, king and beast. Hello, Oya. Do you have a moment to speak? The buffalo stood on its hind legs, its hooves dug into its chest, and it peeled away its skin. The fur fell off like a heavy coat, revealing a beautiful orisha in a vibrant, multicolored skirt. The copper bracelets on her wrists clanked as she put her hands on her hips. We spoke about this. What did you promise? (sighs) That I wouldn't bother you while you're a buffalo. That's right. Buffalo time is my time. It's the only time when your other wives won't try to put me in my place. Oshun's been particularly bad. Almost drowning in her own river really made her defensive. I know, I know, but this is important. And Oba wouldn't like it if I gave you counsel. She's been competitive lately. Oba and Oshun are not your king. Fine. But it's your fault if they make the rivers go all wonky again. Just... Tell me how to deal with Bonka. What's to deal with? I heard he killed Timmy. Isn't that what you wanted? Yes, but now he's got the Oyo all riled up against me. Ah, I see. It isn't just battle prowess and heroics any longer. Bonka has shown the Oyo what it looks like to be fearless. And that they cannot forget. Well, you can't just burn him. The Oyo would be furious. Yes, yes, I know all that. It seems as though each time I find a solution, it only causes more trouble. You know, I never had to deal with this much chaos in the Sky Kingdom. Then go back to the Sky Kingdom. And leave Bunker to take Oyo for himself? That's a terrible suggestion. You are so negative. What about showing him mercy? Mercy? Make him your general again. Show the Oyo you command the most powerful of them all. But he defied me! Boo-hoo! So your pride is wounded? It doesn't matter. Kings have to be smart, not just powerful. You haven't been playing the game, Shango. You've been blundering your way through it. Blundering? I... What do you suggest I do, then? At the very least, talk to him. Try to understand him. Maybe you two can work out an arrangement you'll both be happy with. Before Shango could reply, Oya pulled her buffalo skin back on. He watched her run off, disappearing around the river bend. He sighed. She was right. It was time to try a different approach. Shango stepped into Bonka's windowless, mud-walled cell. It smelled like sweat and must. Bonka sat in the corner. He was dirty, with shackles on his feet and hands, but he did not cower. He sat upright, his back pressed against the wall, a proud smile on his face. Don't look at me like that. Show some respect for your king. My king made me kill my friend. There's not much to respect about that. 
Enough! I came here to give you a chance to live. Perhaps I don't want it! Good! Then you'll burn with all of what you're watching. They'll see what happens to those who defy me. Do as you wish. My only regret is that I'm abandoning the Oyo people to your single-minded lust for power. What else is there but power? Oh, so much more, my king. So much. Kings can have wisdom, mercy, empathy. Oya said something similar. Bonka, I will set you free if you declare to the Oyo that you were wrong and swear your allegiance to me. No. What did you say? You still do not understand, do you, how short-sighted you are? I cannot support a cruel king, and I will not lie to the people of Oyo and say that I do. I'd rather burn. Then burn you shall! Shango strode out of the cell, his body coiled tight with fury. He could kill Oya for convincing him to show weakness. Shango wasn't a talker, he was a warrior, and he was going back to what he knew well, killing those that made him angry. Night fell in the city courtyard. An orange glow from a multitude of surrounding torches filled the space. The rest of the city was so dark, it seemed like a black abyss. In the center of the courtyard, a mountain of kindling was stacked around a wooden pole. And on that pole, Bonka was tied. Shango paced around the pyre. His hungry eyes bore into his disgraced general. People of Oyo, Bonka was brave. He took city after city at my request. But then he decided he was stronger than his king. He called your king a monster, a foolish act, a mistake none of you shall repeat. Shango strode over to Bonka, allowing his jaw to fall open. The fire built in his belly, slowly traveling up his throat, ready to unleash. I could break free of these bindings. Go ahead! Run! Let the Oyo see what a coward their general is! You should be so lucky. I'll die with honor. The people of Oyo will see that I'm a greater warrior than you ever could be. Shango unleashed a burst of fire, lighting the pyre. He watched with relish as the flames coursed through its base, licking around Bonka. Shango stepped back, letting the heat warm his face as the fire snaked through the kindling. Soon it had become a glorious inferno. The fire tore into Bonka's skin, melting it from its bones. As much as he tried not to scream, the searing pain proved too great. Finally, his cries stopped. Shango watched with satisfaction, the warmth of the flames mirroring the warmth in his heart. He was finally free of worry. Bonka was destroyed. 
Shango and the Oyo watched until the fire died down and the smoke cleared. Bonka's charred form slumped on the pyre. His mouth hung open in a perpetual scream. Shango relished the shocked silence around him. Goodbye, usurper. It is not goodbye yet, my king. Who said that? Shango felt a cold breath on the back of his neck. Goosebumps spread all over his body. There was something behind him. He knew deep down that it was something he did not want to see. But he turned anyway. A misty, spectral form smiled at him. Shango knew that face. He'd just seen it melting in the fire moments ago. Bonka! Coming up, Shango the Thunder Hurler tries to defeat the undefeatable. Pirates. For centuries, the world has been fascinated by them. In films like Pirates of the Caribbean, they're portrayed as swaggering anti-heroes. In books like Treasure Island, they're fearsome villains. But who were they really? That's the question that Real Pirates, the new Spotify original from Parcast, answers. The whole thing about a pirate ship is that they were heavily manned. But you could have 100 pirates on board, so these are floating violence factories. At the same time, pirates were really fascinating characters, in a way. If you were born poor, you stayed poor. Pirates, on the other hand, they were able to transcend that social boundary. They didn't see themselves just as thieves and brigands. They saw themselves as social revolutionaries. Set sail under the black flag alongside notorious outlaws like Blackbeard, Charles Vane, and Bonnie and Mary Reed. Join us for episodes airing weekly starting November 15th. Follow and listen to Real Pirates for free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. Shango stared at Bonka's ghost, trembling. He'd watched his general burn to death, and now here he was, standing behind him, refusing to disappear. I... I... you... My, my. The great Shango is at a loss for words. Shango looked slowly at the crowd of Oyo. They gathered around the burnt pyre where Bonka's charred remains hung. Sobs and wails filled the air. They hadn't noticed their hero's ghost hovering beside them. Shango's heart leaped. Maybe only he could see this specter. People of Oyo, I have left my body, but I am not gone. Holoroon's mercy, no! 
Bonka floated above the pyre, arms raised. His smile cast a beam of light into the fray. The Oyo fell to their knees. Many wept with joy. Nearly all clasped their hands together. Shango watched in horror. They were worshipping Bonka. His mind raced. This was so, so much worse. He'd tried to get rid of a man, and he'd created a god. If only Timmy had won the duel, he wouldn't be in this mess. Duel? That's it! Rise, people of Oyo! Your worship is wasted on Bonka! You will see just how weak he is when I defeat him in a duel! I accept. And what's more... I'll let you have the first blow. Shango did not wait. He unleashed a ball of fire at Bonka. The flames tore through the air, barreling at the deceased general. But it passed through his shimmering body harmlessly. Instead, it sailed into the house behind him, igniting its thatched roof. (laughs) Try again. Fire breather. Shango sent another burst of fire at Bonka. This time, his ghostly body absorbed it and shot it back at Shango. Shango ducked, feeling the heat as it passed over his head. The fire struck a mud-packed wall behind him. Shango stood, anger growing. Bonka hovered in the air, his spectral eyes glinting. The sky ruptured above, sending a bolt of lightning straight at Bonka. But it struck only empty ground. Bonka had vanished. The moans of the Oyo filled the air, begging him to return. Each wail made Shango seethe. The shame, the fear, the absolute unbridled fury hit him all at once. Someone had to pay. Bonka was gone, so that left the treacherous Oyo. Shango had been angry before, but this was a rage stronger than any he'd ever felt. It ripped through him, searing hotter than the flames in his belly. A violent tremor shook his limbs. At Shango's cry, the sky above him boomed with thunder. The wind picked up, growing stronger and stronger until it tossed the Oyo about like ragdolls. Another bolt of lightning lit the sky, striking the city wall. Screams filled the air as the Oyo fled, but they wouldn't get far. Shango released a barrage of fire from his throat. It consumed all the Oyo near him like a deadly wave. The people burned before his eyes. Their skin turned black under the heat of the flames. And when the fire had melted their flesh, its sheer power snapped their bones until nothing remained but ash. But Shango wasn't even close to being done. He blew a fireball at the city buildings, then another, then another. 
Shango moved through the city, scorching his people, burning their homes, and screaming with rage. The skies above offered no relief, no rain, only thunder and lightning. At last, Shango stood before his palace doors, his mouth open. The flames licked at his throat as he readied to burn it as well. But he caught something out of the corner of his eye, a shimmering silhouette moving quickly towards the woods alongside the city, Bonka. Shango roared in fury and charged after him. Shango ran through the wooded grove, leaving the smoking city behind him. The leafless trees were twisted and crowded close together like rows of sharp teeth. Unable to see through the branches, Shango shoved them aside, storming deeper into the woods. Bonka! Come and face me! Eshu suddenly jumped out from behind a tree, surprising Shango. Boo! Shango spewed a burst of flames from his mouth. Eshu jumped to the side, narrowly avoiding the torrent of fire. The tree behind him was reduced to ash. How many times do I have to tell you not to sneak up on me? Oh, but it's so fun to see you startled. So what brings you into the woods, hiding from your mess? Finishing what I started. Oh, good for you. You never have been a quitter. You do not want to trifle with me right now, Ishu. Oh, would you say you're feeling extra sensitive? No! Wonderful. In that case, does it bother you that it only took a few minutes to turn your entire city against you? Ishu, I'm warning you! Or that a dead general evokes more love than you could ever garner. Shango let out another burst of fire at Eshu. The slippery trickster vanished before it could hit him. Shango, Shango lost his throne. Shango, Shango all alone. <laughs> Eshu's echoing laughter surrounded Shango. The reverberating taunt seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere. Each echoing cackle sent a wave of fury through Shango. The great Thunder King can't catch me. What a shame. Face me, you coward! Shango stalked through the forest, his throat smoking. Every stick crack made him whip around. Every rustle set him on edge. Suddenly, Shango saw something that made him stop dead in his tracks. At the end of the path was Bonka, but he didn't appear to notice Shango. White light glowed around him. His ghostly face was turned upwards, staring at the sky above. The king's heart leapt. This was his chance to crush Bonka while he was distracted. Shango allowed the fire to creep up his throat. He opened his jaw, about to unleash his fury. But suddenly, Bonka was engulfed in a blinding flash of light. When Shango's vision cleared, Bonka was gone. No! No! What is this? Shango! Olorun, 
What are you doing? Bring him back! Bonka is mine! Not anymore. His earthly body has been destroyed. I'm taking him to the Sky Kingdom. The Sky Kingdom? But he's nothing special. He's just a usurper. If you're giving anyone such an honor, it should be me! You too can return to the Sky Kingdom, if that's what you wish. Oh. Well, the thought had occurred to me lately, but I hadn't actually considered returning. I shall visit and see if I favor it over Earth. You cannot just pay the Sky a visit. You either choose it or you don't. But what if I want to return to Earth? I have a kingdom to rule. You cannot. Not in the same way. <laughs> of course I can. I came down on the golden chain. What is to stop me from climbing right back up when I want to? Me. I have changed the rules, Shango. And for the better. Your siblings were always coming and going. Eshu kept flitting back and forth. Obatala was spending more time above the world he created than on it. And what did I say to you all as you descended? We each have a duty to the humans, and a special responsibility to guide them. Exactly. And you cannot adequately guide humans if you're split between worlds. So... When you choose to return to the Sky Kingdom, it is not a whim or a visit. It's a decision you must weigh gravely. Fine! I want to return. Please. Are you sure? Yes! Ever since I came down to Earth, I've been fighting for power. First I was spurned for kingship of Ife by Ogun. Then my army was massacred. Bonka and Timmy threatened my reign. And then Bonka made me angry and I burned everything. So yes, it's time. I choose the Sky Kingdom. Now tell me what I have to do. Very well. In order to get back to the Sky Kingdom, you have to die. Coming up, Shango has to make a fateful choice. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Now, back to the story. Can you repeat that? To return to the Sky Kingdom, you have to die. You're not Olorun. <laughs> You're Eshu trying to trick me. I am not Eshu, and this is no trick. 
Bonka has given up his earthly body, just as Ogun did, just as you have the power to. That is the cost of ascension. But, but, I have to die? There must be another way. Kings don't just die. Humans die, commoners die, kings rule. Olorun? But Olorun spoke no more. Shango was left with silence. He did not want to die. Dying felt like giving up a show of weakness. This thought made his choice easy. Though the Sky Kingdom had been tempting, he'd be better off going back to his throne. Shango returned through the woods. He burst out of the grove. Now that he had made his choice, he was eager to get back to his palace. But then the city came into view, and he saw what was left of his kingdom. The city walls were crumbling and charred from his flames. The dead lay everywhere, their bodies slowly gathered by the few survivors. When they saw Shango, the living dropped what they were doing and ran for shelter. Shango felt a whisper of relief. He had the fear of the Oyo back again. He could return to his throne and preside over the kingdom as before. This was the right choice. But as Shango wandered through the ruins of Oyo, he realized there wasn't much left to rule. The thatched roofs were falling in. The courtyard was scorched. Smoke hovered in a gray cloud above the city. It reminded him of his brother Ogun's rampage and the destruction of Ifei. But while Ogun ran from power, Shango sought it. Both had resulted in the death of a kingdom. Suddenly, a flicker of movement caught Shango's eye. Someone was hiding behind the burnt remains of a wagon. I see you, Eshu. Eshu's head rose from behind the wreck. He smiled and shrugged. Caught me. I was just admiring your, uh, redecorating skills. Stop teasing. I need your advice. You want to know my thoughts? Yes. Olorun told me I could return to the Sky Kingdom. But to do that, I would have to die. I've always seen those that die as, well, weak. And I want the opposite of that. I want to regain my strength. Oh, uh, well, no one has ever asked me for counsel before. Don't try and think of a trick issue. Just tell me something true. You smell terrible. Eshu, please. I know how observant you are. You see everything, and you know far more than you let on. What should I do? I don't understand your predicament. If you do not want to die, then stay. Bunka is finally gone. You have your kingdom back. When I first descended that golden chain from the Sky Kingdom, I thought I'd become king of all the humans. Instead, I am the king of a pile of rubble. Very well. You want to hear something true? You are a prideful, stubborn ruler who gets in his own way at each turn. <sighs> Doing the hardest thing is often how one gets what they want. So if this pride prevents you from destroying your mortal body and returning to the Sky Kingdom, chances are that is exactly what you need to do. 
You obviously will keep whining if you stay here. You speak the truth. All this time I've killed men without thinking. I've considered them disposable, too pitiful for my attention. And now I will become one of them. I will die. To do it with honor, I must return to the beginning. Back inside Orisa Nala's head? Not that far. I must find the one who gave me fire. I have to find Osain. And so Shango once again found himself storming through Osain's forest, looking for the nature Orisha. Osain had given him his fire breath. If there was anyone who could help Shango die and reach the Sky Kingdom, it was him. Osain! Osain! I know you are here! <sighs> Always yelling. What? What is it? I need to die. So fall on your axe like a normal person. I need to make sure my death gets me back to Olorun, to the Sky Kingdom. <sighs> Fine. Let us discuss payment. Do you want another secret? Fine. At first I told myself I didn't want to die because it was weak. But now I realize I was scared. I used to kill without a second thought. Even as I destroyed my city hours ago, the screams of the people I was supposed to protect did not truly reach my heart. But now that I'm ready to die, I find myself thinking of them. Oh, I don't need another secret. I was just going to ask for your axe. <clears throat> Very well. I guess I won't need it anymore. Thank you. Sometimes my weeds get too energetic. <laughs> Let us begin. Osain gathered evergreen leaves and dropped them in a bowl of water. He sat Shango on a rock and put a chain of 16 cowrie shells around his neck. Shango drank the water while Osain shaved Shango's head. He then called into the air, his arms raised. Moments later, a bird drifted into view and landed on Osain's outstretched hand. Osain broke its neck. He then squeezed the bird's entrails into the bowl, mixed it, and rubbed its blood over Shango's scalp. Finally, he stepped back and pointed to an Ayan tree. It is time. Yes, if you say so. Osain whispered the instructions in Shango's ear. Then the Thunder King slowly walked towards the tree, his unease growing. This would mean the end of his earthly body. There was no going back from here. He climbed the tree, reaching a thick branch. He wrapped the end of the cowrie necklace's chain around it and looked down. Osain's eyes met his. Perhaps you understand humans a little bit better now. You have empathy. Do I? I suppose so. I did not know what to call this feeling. Shall we proceed? Of course. Goodbye, Osain. It is only goodbye for now, Shango. Shango nodded tightly. 
He closed his eyes, willing his pulse to stop racing. He told himself that he was Shango, thunder hurler, fire breather, warrior, and king of Oyo, and nothing could stop him, not even death. He jumped. But Shango did not feel the cowrie necklace tighten. Instead, he felt a weight in his hands. He opened his eyes and gasped. He was suspended in the air above the forest, clasping Obatala's golden chain, the same links that he'd climbed down when he first came to Earth. This time, Shango looked upwards. The chain extended all the way to the sky above. It was cold and sturdy, just like he remembered. And just as he had when he left the Sky Kingdom, he now felt the flutter of anticipation. Shango started to climb. He climbed and climbed and climbed until finally he reached the clouds above. He pulled himself onto a grassy, flat overhang and stood up. He was in the Sky Kingdom, a world much like the one below, with gentle hills, baobab trees, and lazy rivers. But from here, Shango could look down at Earth. He could see it all. He saw Olokun's watery domain. He saw Oya running as a buffalo. Oshun and Oba directed the rivers. He saw the people of Ifei gathering around a forge and making iron as Ogun had taught them. He could hear the wind through the trees and the animals of the earth. And beyond that, Oyo. His people toiled about the damaged city, rebuilding the destruction he had caused. He heard whispers, their wails of pain over their dead. A shadow fell over him, pulling his attention. He looked up. Olorun towered over Shango. Their chameleon companion, Agamo, sat atop their shoulders. Shango, welcome back. I had forgotten how high up we are. More than just the Oyo. I can see and hear the whole world. You are an Orisha. In order to guide humanity, you have to have the full picture. Tell me, Shango, what do you hear? They're warning each other not to anger their god, not to anger Shango. Shango's face lit up. He had departed the earth, but whispers about his might lived on. Shango raised his hands and let his fingertips crackle with lightning. He had lost everything, his throne, his empire, even his life. But in doing so, he had finally found true power. Now, who needs to be punished? Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drum speak of the inevitability of death. Shango, 
ever seeking power, realized the only way to get more of it was to relinquish his earthly body. And so, he died. But while he may have left Earth physically, that did not mean he was gone. No, for fear of his wrath seeped into the very essence of the Oyo people. He lived on in hushed whispers. He lived on in sacrifices and in worship. He lived on because even though he was no longer their king, they knew they had to respect the skies above or else the result would be catastrophic. Lightning could strike them down, winds could tear down their homes, rain could drown their crops. All it took was one wrong move, because Shango is watching, waiting, punishing, just as he did in life. The setting of today's story, Oyo, was not just a city of myth. The Oyo Empire was at the height of its power from about 1680 until the late 18th century. But Oyo existed long before that. In some accounts, Shango is believed to have been the empire's fourth king, who was ousted from his throne. While some interpret this historical footprint as proof Shango was just a man, to others, Shango is the story about how a mortal became a god. According to the book Yoruba, Nine Centuries of African Art and Thought, a bevy of thunderstorms followed Shango's death. This allowed his followers to claim it was Shango's posthumous vengeance upon his enemies, and that he required sacrifices to keep his temper at bay. Because of this lore, this historical king became known as an Orisha. Many of the other Orisha in the Yoruba pantheon are presented as guides for humanity. They are the watchers of the world. And while many of them possess positive attributes that are meant to uplift, some, like Shango, are forces of destruction. He embodies the power of the gods, but he also possesses the flaws of humanity, jealousy, anger, and above all, his fear of losing his power. It's why we must also look at Shango as something of a cautionary tale. Power and respect can be noble pursuits, but do not rely on them too heavily. Because once it is acquired, power is dangerously addictive. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic fable. We'll be back next week with another epic story. 
Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Kai Jordan, Cameron Nikad, and Julian Smith. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Pirates. For centuries, the world has been fascinated by them. Blackbeard, Charles Vane, and Bonnie. Who were they really? Real Pirates is a new Spotify original from Parcast. Join us starting November 15th as we bring the true story of pirates to life.